0: Welcome to the Digital Brand Builder Podcast, where we bring you the best growth strategies from the world's experts to help build your business fast. And now, here's your host, Mark Fidelman. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Digital Brand Builder Podcast. Joining me today is Megan Lynch, and we're going to talk about branding. It's been a while since we've talked branding, but this is going to be a different type of conversation around branding. And this is something I I think you're going to want to tune in. We're going to talk about mistakes. We're going to talk about things that you should be doing. We're going to talk about the fears some of you have that are holding you back from growth. So with that, before we jump in, I want to introduce Megan Lynch. And Megan, would you provide just a little bit of a background on yourself?
1: Sure. I'd be happy to, Mark. Thanks so much for having me on. Um, So I started Six Point about... a about a dozen years ago now, I think it was just as we were going into the first great, great recession. Um, And the... um, Really, the way we started was we were kind of like a generic, you know, you often hear people saying like, oh, we're a full service agency. Well, we were like four people, four smart people in a room, Um, but we would figure things out. And what I started to realize as I was growing that business was that we had some organic growth just kind of doing that and being good at we do and being smart problem solvers and being price competitive and working our network. Um, and then what we started needing, you know, four or five years in was really different than what we needed when we were getting started. And so basically what I did was to problem solve that for myself. I, uh, developed the process that now we call solve for why, but is really about helping companies make that leap from being kind of a startup bootstrapped company to being a scalable, focused, meaningful brand.
0: Okay. Well, let's jump into that. Um, first of all, you know, we talked about fears. We talked about a number of things before our call today. I, I want to start with fears. What is it that people are worried about when they're promoting their own company or their own brand that's holding them back? I know one for sure. And that is the cost of doing branding. Of course. Uh, And the resultant revenue uh, doesn't appear for most people right away. Uh, So that is one major fear. It's like, why am I putting money into branding? when I could just be putting into advertising and and seeing a real return. So why don't we tee that up?
1: Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I think that that's such a good point. So to address that first, I think, um, I mean, that fear is real. And especially if you're a smaller company, the idea of like, somebody's telling you like, well, you might have to wait three years to get a return on this investment. It's like, well, that's crazy. Like I can just put more ads into, you know, Google or Facebook or Instagram, and I can like see <laughs> the cash coming in, I don't have time to wait three years. So, um, so I think that that, that that is like a real hurdle to overcome. And I think that what one of the things that we really preach is that What these companies don't want to do and absolutely cannot afford and need to put into place to kind of manage that risk is that you cannot stop doing lead generation while you are branding, but that the ideal mix of your your budget ratio should be about 40% lead generation and about 60% brand awareness. And the reason why you do that is that over time um, and and the, the threshold for it is about like two to three years to get maximum efficiency, but you start to see some of it right away is that you've got what's called brand lift. So that um, number one, Um, humans have a fundamental bias towards things that they have heard of before. And so if you're running a lead generation campaign alongside an awareness campaign, you're starting to overcome that block for them to take action because like, oh, I've heard of this brand before, so they're not new to me. So I'm going to be much more likely to take action. And you start seeing over time, you can spend the same dollar and get a lot more leads for that dollar. So it's really not about kind of waiting for this magic point in three years where cash starts rolling in. Instead, it's about incremental progress into increasing awareness about your brand and making every dollar you spend bring a greater return on investment.
0: Hmm. Okay. Um, If you're looking at choice between, branding and revenue um and sometimes it's not either or sometimes it's both what do you tell people as to why they should be branding instead what what, and we can keep it short What, what are you telling them
1: um well i think that a big piece of it is that if if you have the ability to reinvest some of your budget in a slightly longer term game. It's kind of about diversifying your portfolio, right? Like you Mm -hmm. you have some bonds in there that are gonna be kind of like your long-term value assets. Yeah, that's a good way of thinking about it. um, And that's your brand. So you have to kind of like keep putting dollars in the bank, but never, ever, ever would I tell a company to say like, take all of your money that you currently have in marketing and lead generation and pour it all into brand. That would be like being like, put all your money in bonds. Well, that's not <laughs> going to work uh-huh. out there. You're not right. going to have the, like, you, you need that, like, ideal mix of both, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a good way of putting it. I, I kind of like your thinking there. It's like you got to be investing, and that allocation changes over time depending on what's going on with your business. It's, it's actually a it's pretty sound uh, strategy.
1: Yeah, exactly. Sometimes it might be like, Hey, we've got to generate some leads. We've got to get some velocity on this product or the service that we're launching or whatever. We're going to be a lot more aggressive and, and, and put more money in lead generation. And then other times you're like, Hey, you know, we've got a little bit of extra money. We're going to kind of put a deposit in the brand bank and build some equity in that area okay. of
0: the business. All right. Let's say they buy into uh what you're advising and I'm advising, what is kind of that first step to deciding, okay, what is it that I'm going to do to put my best foot out there in terms of branding?
1: Yeah. uh, I mean, I am kind of a, like, I'm a brand strategist, but I also just love business and kind of like the basics of running a sound business. So I would say, I would start with kind of go back to your business plan. And it's a question of like, where, where is this business going and where do you wanna be in three, five, 10 years? And then use that vision to help tell you what are going to be your priorities for brand strategy. So like, for example, if a company has a lot of customer concentration, let's say you know 70 or 80% of customer concentration in a few large customers or in one particular market or channel, then maybe their three to five year goal would be like, hey, we wanna be diversified. We want maybe like 30, 30, you know, 40 mix or something. So we need to kind of make, start to put together a brand strategy that's going to get us into some of those other markets. So I would say like step one isn't about like, you know, picking colors or workshopping your elevator pitch or, you know, value statement or whatever. It's kind of going back to the basics of your business plan and figuring out how does brand fit into this picture to help me achieve what I want to achieve.
0: Excellent. uh, when, when you, first of all, decide on how to do that, then when it comes to the messaging, the rollout, uh, the, the how-to aspect of it, how do you decide on a budget? How, what, what's that next step?
1: Yeah, so, um, again, it kind of like goes back to what you want to achieve, where, you know, that I think most companies, you know, kind of as a baseline should be looking at like 10% of their revenue in some kind of marketing mix. If you're really looking at like investing or high, you're in kind of an ability to reinvest and have some high growth, then you might want to be looking more at like 20, 25, 30%. But so much depends on industry and individual um company need that, again, it's kind of like working with somebody who really gets what you're trying to achieve and what your limitations are and, and allocate it accordingly. I think one of the big things, you know, we were talking earlier about fears that hold people back. And I think one of the big fears around branding and around any kind of, let's say, like pivot or diversification strategy or new market entry is about how do I not lose what I've built, right? Like I have existing customers, if they see me doing something different, maybe I'm gonna put that in jeopardy, right? Um, So one of our first, you know, kind of practical things is that we'll put together a communications plan about how we're going to be talking to customers about anything that's going on with the company. And we'll also start doing a lot of like interviews and surveys and help really pull your existing customers closer to you so that they feel very invested in the company. They feel very cared for. They feel very listened to so that you really kind of help to mitigate any risk there. So So it would be kind of like some practical advice for anybody who's thinking about some kind of brand strategy pivot would be to very first really start talking to your existing customers and really deeply listening to what their fears are, how they think about you,
0: all of those kinds of things. Okay. Once you have that information, then you can start rolling the messaging out, the, uh, the branding opportunities out. Does this mean that you do this across all channels, including social?
1: Yes, absolutely. Uh, Clarity and consistency are totally key to running any effective branding um, exercise. So you really, really need to make sure that you are extremely consistent with all your channels. Obviously you want to make sure that it's the right message and the right format for that channel. Um, so there's got to be, you know, slight nuances and differences between them, but the overarching messaging, look and feel um, positioning, all of that should be hundred percent the same.
0: Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about at this point of, of branding, what are the common mistakes that companies make when they, they start to rebrand at this point?
1: Um, Yeah, it's it's a great question because I think that there is a, a bunch of pitfalls. I think one of them is oftentimes going out and hiring expertise that they do not know how to direct or they do not know how to measure return from. I think that there's lots, I mean, you know as well as I do, there's plenty of expertise in our space. And then there's often, there's also plenty of people who well. have no idea what they're doing. <laughs> Thank um, you. Yeah. And right. um, so that when companies go out to people, it's like oftentimes I feel like they get really stuck in like, who do I work with? Like who is going to be the right Part, like everybody's telling me that they have a silver bullet solution for this. How do I tell the difference between who is good at what they're doing and who is not great at what they're doing? And then also how do I even measure success of whether they're doing what they said that they were gonna do? Um, Cause I think oftentimes again, especially like in the digital space, people can present these really like complex reports that kind, and kind of like data their way out of accountability for results um, and kind of overwhelm companies with like, I don't know, like, you know, impressions were going up. So I guess that's good. And they're doing what they want, but Hey, if your bottom line's not changing, then that's, that's not worth it. So we do a lot of work with companies up front to just really clarify again, what is the strategy? What is the expertise that they need at the table? How are we going to measure success and then help, kind of matchmake them with partners who are like really dialed in to make sure that they're achieving exactly what they want. Um, so like, we don't do that kind of work. We just kind of like set up both, help, help the the company be a better client and also set up the kind of marketer, the, the that expert execution expertise for a lot more success than they could have on their own.
0: Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, so far, so good. And Let's say they can't do the brand expertise, or they they don't know how to do their own branding. Mm-hmm. How do they? How do you make sure they hire and 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 then manage that marketing expertise properly?
1: Basically, we kind of work with them on a few things. So one is to really clarify who their target customer is and create a really detailed you know profile of that customer or customer segments um, and and so that they're basically like really set up to be able to tell, you know, what is this universe that this customer is living in and what are their expectations for our brand? And then that can help tell, like it can kind of almost like guide you to, you know, let's say like then you need to match make with like a designer for a new logo or, you know, you need to overhaul your website or get into e-commerce or you need to start building out a social presence and, you know, start really running digital ads. Um, it helps match make you with like the right fit, talent, style, your know, voice expertise, but you really have to kind of like map out all of those details ahead of time. So we do a ton of work in kind of like the customer persona built out and get some like really hard data, not just kind of guessing, you know, be like, oh, they like Sam Adams or whatever, like that's not really helpful, but getting some real data from them, doing some interviews, using their words, and then also um, creating some initial brand guidelines that people can follow. So like you engage a digital marketing firm, they're going to need to know what their guardrails are, what can they, Say what can't they say? What kind of imagery are they going to use? Um, what kind of language is going to be effective with your customer base? We can kind of like get all of that set up ahead of time, so that those people can just kind of like hit the ground running and kind of like go to these expert vendors with um, kind of a toolkit that then they
0: can use. Okay, and you talk a lot about helping small businesses challenge the goliaths. How does branding? If you if you implement everything we just talked about and hired the right team, how does branding? Help you challenge the Goliaths of, of their industry?
1: Um, so, a few different ways. So, one is that um, the way th- these large companies compete is number one through creating awareness and creating this really clear and a very consistent presence that kind of surrounds the customer. So that again, you know, I was talking earlier about like that, uh, the bias we have towards something familiar versus a bias against something that's not familiar. These large companies will just surround people with advertising. So if you can be really crystal clear about who your target customer is and kind of really focus on a niche, you can get in there and surround them. And oftentimes I think that small businesses, because they're more nimble, because they're kind of like more on the ground, sort of like boots on the ground with their customers, they have a much, more, um, much stronger ability to create content that is like really hitting the nail on the head, like, like speaking with the right voice, using the right images, and doing it in a much more authentic way than the larger companies do. And then the kind of more business case for it is that, that a strong brand is going to fundamentally just like make people pay more for the same thing. Like you don't have to compete on price. So it's going to help to increase your margin and decrease customer price sensitivity so that when you're going up against the big guys, you're not having to, you know, constantly be dropping your price, constantly shrinking your margin, which then limits your ability to then reinvest in things like marketing and lead generation and brand, which then kind of stops your ability to grow. It's kind of like this... Sort of catch 22 that, that companies get caught in. So by really focusing on the brand, you, you increase your ability to be competitive uh, with the big companies. It's just you have to kind of do it in a more focused and almost like guerrilla style way of, of just being the expert on a very niche consumer.
0: Okay. So, and then once that happens, you know, you start to develop, you know, reputation, you just, uh, start to develop that. But potentially as an influencer in the industry and, and uh, a go-to person with, with the media and the press, potentially. And that really helps your cause. Definitely. Um, especially because these bigger companies usually don't have the, the wherewithal to put one of their executives out there. You know, there's, exactly. there's all sorts of things going on in these big companies that as long as you can be more nimble and, and not be so afraid of media and, and press and attention – about your particular industry, you're going to run circles around them. Okay, so let's step into kind of the final aspect of it. Why is this all worth it? So you've done everything that you've talked about. You've done it the way you've talked about. Maybe they've even worked with you. What are kind of the reported results that you see? Um, and, and obviously, I know you think it's worth it. You're just, you wouldn't be doing it, but let everyone know uh, what the results, potential results are and, and why it's worth it.
1: Yeah so i mean what we see is that there's sort of like a few concrete things that happen one is that it basically takes companies that have been at a plateau maybe they've kind of like stalled in their growth and they're sort of like instead of having the uh, like more of a hockey stick that they did when they started they start to plateau and they have more like incremental growth maybe it's like they're growing like a couple percent a year, maybe having one bad year, maybe coming back, we start to unlock the ability to have another hockey stick. So so our, our clients, you know, after they've kind of built that strong brand foundation and really started working it, they'll see easily 2x growth in market share, brand share, awareness, sales, um, that all kind of like starts to get unlocked as soon as they become really crystal clear and really consistent in their purpose, their messaging, their customer, and just get really targeted and focused and efficient. Um, And I do think that at the end of the day, that's all about efficiency. Like it's more efficient for customers to be able to see like, ooh, this is somebody who can really help me with their product or their service or their expertise and two it's also more efficient on the budget side you know again as as i was talking about like you know if you can kind of make that one lead generation dollar you know two or three times the the leads that it's bringing in because people are more aware of the brand and they're more kind of susceptible to that call to action then um you're just going to start seeing like this other stage of growth unleashed and the other really kind of, like, side effect that I've seen um, that, that I don't really, like, publicize, but I've definitely, like, seen happen, and it happens to our company, too, is when you can put out a brand vision that's maybe, like, a little bit... Um, aspirational, but still authentic to the company, you start to also see that you're attracting next level talent, um, which for a lot of companies, like the people are what make the business rock and roll. (laughs) Um, So this idea that like you can now put an ad out and you get people who are way more qualified than you've ever been able to attract before who get where you're going with the vision for the company and see exactly how their skill set can help you get there um it just like that too kind of unlocks i feel like the two of those sort of work together to just unlock this like huge growth bump um that that companies
0: start seeing all right well with that megan Uh, I do want to thank you for being on the show. I I know that you might have some resources for people. And if you could provide a link, we'll also put it in the show notes. Uh, And then also, uh, I know this is a compound question. Uh, How do people find you or reach out to you or uh, start a discussion with you?
1: Yeah, so um, they will be able to do both at uh, sixpointcreative.com. So that's S-I-X, so six spelled out, S-I-X-P-O-I-N-T, creative.com backslash digital brand build. And so I'll have both um, a link where people can yeah, start that discussion with me. Uh, we also have a free quiz where people can kind of identify where they are in that brand strength journey and kind of what some practical next steps forward would be um, and some other tools and resources that they can use to start thinking a little bit differently about maybe some latent potential that's hiding in their brand.